Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are trying to squeeze in as many movies as we can before the end of the year, which is coming up in a couple of days. But we do have a bunch planned as well as our end of the year and end of the decade top 10 lists coming up. Uh, we are recording them today, actually, when this goes up. So we have so much podcast for you guys. I do want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app of choice. I always tell you to do that, but let's especially remind you to do that today. We're everywhere. Whatever podcast app you listen on, subscribe there. We'd love it if you did. But uh, today we're going to be talking about Bombshell. Uh, I've got a new co-host joining me, Heidi Kaiser from KMPR and Desert Companion, which is awesome to have her on this one because it's a movie about journalism, basically. It's about Fox News, Megyn Kelly, and the... uh, sexual harassment that was going on behind the scenes at Fox News. And this is a movie that really grew on me. I mean, I'll talk about it once we get into the conversation. Uh, But yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. So, um, you know, without any further ado, let's get into this one. All right, so we got a new co-host with us today. We've got Heidi Kaiser. How's it going, Heidi? Good. How are you, David? I am great. Uh, Trying to fit in as many extra episodes as we can before the end of the year while you've got a holiday yeah (laughs) there's just there's there's too much to cover end of the year end of the decade it's award season yeah award season just all of it just there's so much but uh you know today we're gonna get into bombshell but before we do it's your first time why don't you tell people a little bit about what you do all right uh my name is heidi kaiser i'm a journalist and i uh work Currently for Nevada Public Radio, I'm a writer for Desert Companion Magazine and a part-time producer at the daily program State of Nevada. Awesome to have you for this one, being a uh, (laughs) journalism-related movie. It's not a coincidence (laughs) that this is the movie I'm talking about. I think you and I had been talking about different movies for a while and kind of had a couple of... uh, Bad luck draw. Yeah, I was going to say, moment of silence for 21 Bridges and Lucy in the Sky, the first two we were going to yeah, do. <laughs> and, but um, as we looked through the list of other potentials, I know this one really jumped out at me because I try to see all of the movies that come around about journalism mm-hmm. anyway, you know, sure. because I love movies and I'm a journalist. Um, but this one had particular resonance because... I have covered a lot of women's issues mm-hmm. and um, have had some experience with sexual harassment. And mm-hmm. so um, I was, you know, this was a perfect 
perfect one for for me. I was I'm excited to talk about it. Awesome. Well, I mean, I guess before we get into uh, you know, some puzzle pieces. I mean, I think the first thing, this is something I kept going back and forth about while, you know, obviously we don't just like straight up review the movie here, but um, as I was like, you know, doing my little review on Letterboxd or whatever, uh, the first thing that keeps coming to mind is, you know, the people who are, in essence, the heroes of the story, like, is it a problem that they're not exactly heroic people in real <laughs> life. And, and I, I don't know, do you feel like that weighs heavily on the movie or do you feel like you kind of got to just take it, uh, you know, the movie on its own terms? Yeah, that's a hard question to answer yeah. in, in a yes or no way. Um, I will say that uh, in, in interviews, both Charlize Theron and um, Nicole Kidman have been asked if that, bother them that mm. they're portraying these women who you know uh, Megan Kelly's famous line that's used in the movie is you know telling children reassuring children that Santa is white right. you know yeah. um did Charlize Theron was asked did she feel uncomfortable with portraying such a woman as a hero mm. um and her answer is that you know she did her best to portray her as heroic in this particular way. Exactly. And so I think if you're able to sort of compartmentalize it in that way, if you're able to look at it in that isolated manner and separate, you know, these these people from some other, you know, evidence of their character, then, sure. you know, definitely what they did was part of a movement that I, I think is inarguably has made things better for professional women. Absolutely. Uh, you know, but at the same time, it is impossible <laughs> to do, sure. right? Those, those, those women, are, or, you know, specifically Megan Kelly is still Megan Kelly with all of the baggage that she has. And of course, that's why she struggled to make the transition right. away from Fox after leaving. You know, she didn't make it at CNN and has, you know, struggled elsewhere. So... Yeah, I don't think they are really inseparable in the end, but this moment portrayed as it is, is is worth looking at the way that it was. It's a complicated thing, and I'm sure it'll come up uh, along the way as we're continuing to talk about puzzle pieces and all that stuff. Uh, you know, one last note I was going to bring up is just the fact that Charlie's Throne is a producer on this, and, you know, that just kind of speaks to the fact that, uh, you know, she clearly thinks that it's kind of, you know, at least can be separated to some degree. You know? Yeah, and, and that's, you know, this is an issue that she has taken up in many other movies and many other ways as a, as a producer and actress. And yeah. even in her personal life, you know, she's part of the... She's part of the the movement, so I'm sure that it was important to her to do it. The other thing that I would say is I wondered to what extent the bad uh, viewer reviews were due to it having been seen by people who are fans of Fox. Right, right. Because it does portray Fox so negatively. Now, that's I, I know you said you didn't like it very much. No, I, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit, actually. And and I, I, I've been finding myself warming to it more and more so by the day. Like, this is one of those movies where I, I saw the initial trailer, Okay, and I was like, "Oh, this looks amazing!" And then I start like, "Like, uh, but I mean, Megan Kelly, really?" You know, <laughs> and <laughs> and then I finally get to see it, and I'm like, "Oh, I really liked it." And then as I leave the theater, I'm like, eh, 
but I mean, I don't know, did it pull too many punches, this, that? And then I, as I'm continuing to think about it and warm up to it, I actually did really like this movie. You did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I uh, there was a woman, uh, well, there, there were some people sitting around me in the theater um, who, you know, guffawed or, or, or kind of sounded, you know, sort of snorted a couple of times and sounded like they might have been um, a little offended mm-hmm. uh, by some of what took place in the movie. And, and I do wonder to what extent people might have gone into it thinking that it was going to be something different than it was sure. because it it doesn't, it's not overtly critical of Fox, but it's pretty critical of right, Fox. Right, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, and there are a lot of, Fo- I mean, Fox is the most watched news network. And yeah. So it's... It, it, in, a, in a very strange, surreal way, um, the, the divide in politics right now with Fox and CNN and all that could be like a DC Marvel thing. <laughs> You've got the fans of one going on to yeah. badmouth this because, you know. Right, right. Uh, Although I will times. say that the critics didn't love it either. So, sure. yeah. you know, I mean, and I can see why. They're, you know, it's flawed. But yeah. um, but as far as the story that it's telling goes is concerned, I think it it does a good job. Yes. Uh, telling that story. I agree. Um, yeah. You know, we, we I'm sure we'll get into later the, Fact versus fiction. Aspect sure. Of it, but yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we jump into some puzzle pieces? Right. Um, what do you have for your first piece for this? So, for my first piece, um, I'm going to start with The Accused. Okay. Uh, 19, 1988 uh, film directed by Jonathan Kaplan. Um, and I know this seems like a strange <laughs> choice. Um, and part of the reason that I'm picking it is because what I just, you know, alluded to with the, you know, fact versus fiction. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think a lot of the discussion around bombshell has to do with, um, how do I say the severity of Ailes actions, Mm -hmm. you know, what is sexual harassment, um, you know, versus sexual assault versus, versus rape, you Mm -hmm. know, and, um, and I really feel like that that the the conversation, meaningful conversation about that related to movies or a movie that really started a meaningful conversation about that question was the accused. Yeah. Um, you know, she's clearly sexually assaulted. The, the main character um, played by by uh, Jodie Foster is is clearly raped in the movie. She's gang raped in a bar. Right. Um, but the question at that time, of course, was whose fault is it? Right, yeah, yeah. Right, you know, um, is it her fault because she was drunk and she was high and she was, you know, dressed provocatively and, you know, there, there's just, you know, we didn't call this, call it back then, but there's, you know, a lot of slut shaming going on. Sure. And, you know, she asked for it and that kind of thing. And um, the mo- that movie was the first one in my memory, at least. Um, you know, it is from the late 80s, but the first time I remember having those questions raised in such a provocative and uh, shocking way. Sure. The, the rape scene in that movie is just unforgettable. Yeah. Um, and her telling of it is even more remarkable. Yeah. And I felt that Bombshell used or, or had some of those similar narrative techniques in the moments when the women are experiencing what they're experiencing yeah, yeah. in the movie they call it harassment it's in my opinion portrayed much more like 
sexual assault sure. in some cases, but they call it harassment. Um, and then some of those te- same storytelling techniques appear. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know the long drawn out um, close ups on the face where you can see the expression changing from you, you know one something into yeah you feel, you feel it fear. get worse yeah. and worse as it goes you see the realization yeah. coming over them of of what's happening to them yeah and all that that brings about for them yeah and I mean you know. I mean, as horrible as it is, also, I mean, cinematically, uh, I mean, Margot Robbie's performance is fantastic for the one scene with Roger Ailes, but then there's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of that going on in this movie, and obviously, they don't get into, you know, what exactly happened to everybody, but that kind of mirrors the fact that you don't know what exactly happened to everybody, except for based on various little bits and pieces that we have. Right. And um, you kind of, you know, I think that the the accused sort of accomplished or sort of answered the question or started asking the question, are we allowed to really even ask if it's the victim's fault? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and And I felt that in Bombshell, that question was moved to, you know, forward a couple of steps where you know, there's the scene where the Margot Rob- Robbie character, I think her name is Kayla, right. is is asking Megan Kelly, like, why didn't you say anything? You know, right, like, right. there's that, that, that question, questions of responsibility and prevention have have evolved, you know, from in the accused, the, the prosecutor ends up going after the people who stood by and did nothing. Right? Mm-hmm. And in the movie, Kayla's asking uh, Megan Kelly, like, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you say anything? You could have prevented this sure. happening from other people. So we've evolved in the way that we think about this, you know, this bystander syndrome, you know, to even include prevention, I guess, in a yeah. way, which is remarkable. Well, I think that's that's definitely one of the biggest strengths of the movie is just the fact that it is pushing that conversation forward. I mean, it, it's clearly on the minds, even with the male director and everything like that, male writer. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the goal of the movie truly is to, to open this conversation further and really kind of, you know, I mean, really maybe change a mind or two along the way, especially anybody who is, uh, you know, maybe finding themselves, you know, doubting things, you know, along the way when it comes to some of these accusations and whatnot, it's, it's important to keep that going Mm -hmm. it's interesting you point that out one thing that i noticed um is that in the in all of the pieces that that i picked um well except for one which is interestingly an exception but both the writer and the director were males Mm -hmm. and i believe they're all white yeah you know it's just kind of worth pointing out now a lot of a lot of these men have um you know history of, of writing and directing other very feminist pieces sure um, but it is interesting. Yeah, that is. I I, I think male dominated conversation. Yeah, still. that speaks to a uh, a whole other podcast episode we can do on the <laughs> fact that that's who gets to make movies. Right. But, uh, yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah. Well, I'm gonna go with an incredibly obvious one for my first piece, um, and that would just kind of combine both Vice and The Big Short. Uh, of course, this was uh, co-written by one of the co-writers of The Big Short, mm-hmm. um, and only really adopts the tone of that at times, like specifically in the introduction. Um, But 
you know, then it kind of gets to a little bit more of just a straightforward narrative style, not so quick, fast paced, you know, almost wacky in a, in a way, the way that it went so quick all over the place. But, um, uh, but still, I mean, it, it's still, uh, a movie with a, a very clear goal of, you know, let's really nail down these impressions of these people that we see on the news and uh, all these political figures and news figures and just really nail them to the point where everybody's going to be talking about like, oh my God, did you see, (laughs) did you see how good Charlie's Theron looked as as Mm -hmm. Megyn Kelly and and some of the others? Maybe not so much Giuliani, but uh, (laughs) everybody else. Yeah, he was way, way off. (laughs) Yeah, that that was was a bit much, although I do love Richard Kind, but um, (laughs) that was a pretty, uh, that that one kind of stopped you and you just kind of started laughing when you saw him. But otherwise, people were just freaking nailing the roles left and right, much like in Vice and, you know, Mm -hmm. especially. Uh, But yeah, so I mean, that's my first piece. And I, I think that you know, we're probably going to see more of this kind of thing. I mean, you know, let's be honest here. The the news has become like entertainment basically now for, I'd say mostly for worse, but for better or worse, you know? Mm -hmm. Did you find it jarring that, that, that intro, that prologue had that very Adam McKay film feel. And then all of a sudden that just like stopped and it shifted gears and went, did you find that transition a little? I did. I mean, that, that is part of what at first, you know, had me kind of waffling back and forth as to how much I liked this. The tone is very much in different places at different times, you know? And, uh, you know, eventually I guess I just settled on it's, it's telling an important story and doing it well. And so it may be if it's not, you know, keeping, keeping the same tone throughout, maybe it's a little forgivable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it is weird. Yeah. And I, I think I enjoyed that part of the movie. I enjoy, you know, and I, I enjoy that type of uh, storytelling, but I, I thought it was kind of, even, even in the moment as I was watching it, I thought it was an odd choice for a movie that I knew was going to be about sexual harassment sure sure you know because it it did have that kind of lighthearted, yeah because that jokey feel the movie gets incredibly heavy at times you know and then yeah so i mean but yeah i mean at the same time though i think you know you know that actually brings up another point which is a total aside but uh christmas is a very strange release date for this movie i think yeah, that's a good point. It's like you're going to, uh, you know, argue politics with your family. Let's go watch a Fox News movie. <laughs> like, right, you know? right. Yeah, Very the time, weird. and then the timing with the uh, impeachment hearing. Sure. And yeah, that, yeah. The, the impeachment decision. And yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that was intentional. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Probably not, but uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? So for my next piece, I'm going to stay in the 80s. Actually, now that I think about it, all my um, choices are in the 80s. Oh. Um, the next piece that I had was Absence and Malice. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you remember this movie. I don't know this it's one. It's an earlier one, 1981. Sidney Pollack directed it, and it was written by uh, Kurt Ludke. It stars Paul, Paul Newman and Sally Field. She plays a reporter named Megan, and he plays a um, like a liquor distributor uh, who is implicated in a um, a murder. Well, he's not implicated, but well, it's a complicated story. There's a murder, and um, the the investigators are trying to figure out who did it, and they think he might know, and 
so they kind of float his name as a sp- suspect and, and stuff. Anyway, so mm. the reporter, Sally, who's played by, by Sally Field, uh, knows that it finds out that he has an alibi and she breaks it as a news story, even though the alibi is that he was helping a close friend get an abortion. Mm. And this friend is very Catholic and does not want this. Um, I think I do remember this now that, I, now yeah, that you're describing the plot. It's terrible. You know, you, you have to kind of place it in its context and its time. She's dev- the, the Catholic woman who's had the abortion devastated and kills herself. Paul Newman character blames the Sally Field character. And so the reason that I chose this one is twofold. One is that there's an interesting, there's an interesting uh, resonance with sexual assault as, um, you know, control and punishment. And we often think of that, you know, in the current context in the way that it happened at Fox News and Mm -hmm. other news outlets and, you know, other corporations. But in the film, in absence of malice, when the, I I believe his name is Mike Gallagher, the character that Paul Newman plays, Mm -hmm. when Mike Gallagher finds out about what Sally, uh, Megan Carter has done, he confronts her in a way that would be characterized as sexual assault today. Mm. And uses that it's very it's a very odd scene it's hard to watch now was it framed as that then or is it just looking back at it he's angry and he's taking it out on her is Mm -hmm. how it i'm sure it was framed then sure and he's sort of he's describing the violence of his friend taking her own life Mm -hmm. and he's sort of acting that out on megan's body sure but it's very upsetting that's weird and she doesn't do anything about it, even though she's this reporter who's very committed to outing the truth. You yeah. know, she doesn't report him or say anything about it. you. Kind of, you kind of get this sense of of you know, I deserved it, mm, or yeah. you know, he's exacting judgment on her or something like that. And you know, you flash forward to today and this the, the situations that you see portrayed in Bombshell. And there's just such a completely different, I mean, it does show how far we've come right, in our attitudes right. about control and what's appropriate and, you know, consent. Sure. Essentially. Um, because in the, in the movie, In Absence of Malice, she's saying to him, Michael, no, Michael, no. You yeah. know, and he's doing it anyway. And then she doesn't stop it, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that she's a reporter yeah. and she's a journalist and she's she exonerates him and you know you're supposed to applaud that but the way that she does it <sighs> right. he would have rather you know had the truth he I think he probably would have rather just you know faced a, a a jury or you know something like that um you know and again there's such a a different tone and bombshell where you know the idea of finding the truth is so much more <laughs> so much less nuanced sure so much so much more black and white you know like we she's just trying to find out like who else this happened to yeah um you know even and then she has to keep it to herself yeah well that's that's a great piece and yeah i mean the more you describe that the more i think i am i'm pretty sure i saw that i just didn't remember the title uh but yeah, I mean, isn't that weird? Like looking back at movies like that and just how different the tone is. Like that's wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so much talk of consent now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, jokingly, when I 
so your dog, you know, I was like, can I pet you? Do I have well, his, permission? You know? His name like, is actually Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, there's another puzzle piece. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just amazing. Like that was not something we talked about in those terms at all in 1981. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I, I'm going to continue with the, uh, the reporter uh, theme with my, my next puzzle piece, and that is The Post. Um, hmm. which, uh, a little bit, you know, more recent, uh, reporting movie, but, um, just showing that, that, that team of people coming together, trying to, you know, gather the information that's going to take down such a massive, you know, organization in that case, of course, you know, in the government and and this, uh, being Fox news, which is one of the biggest, you know, most powerful organizations now in this, you know, the 21st century, which is just absolutely crazy. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I think it's just that level of, uh, you know, going up against something that's just so huge and so completely unstoppable, also from the inside. Uh, and then on more of a uh, surface level, um, centered around a very powerhouse performance by the main actress, you know, uh, in that case, of course, uh, Meryl Streep is Kay Graham. Um, and here, with with the Megan Kelly character. Mm-hmm. Well, know. yeah, the the takedown of someone seemingly uh, <laughs> unmovable, an unmovable yeah. object. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how can you go up against Fox News? And I think that that's something that in real life they were thinking while debating whether or not to do what they did, and uh, but ultimately, you know, deciding for for the the hard thing for going for the hard thing. Yeah, and the way that, and they're both, you know sort of female-led efforts sure. or, you know, I guess. And there's, in the post, there's there are those moments when her authority is questioned yeah. on the basis of her gender. And that's clearly another issue that comes up again and again in Bombshell, right? Sure. Is, you know, women, women's ability to stand up for themselves and each other. And, and each other is a big thing about it, for sure. Right. And yeah. lead and have yeah. their own agency. Right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, with, which Catherine Graham, obviously, like, that's her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. That, that was the whole fight, right? And oh, that... yeah, absolutely. All right, well, uh, why don't we jump into your next one? So for my next one, I'm going to stick in the journalism theme, stick with the journalism theme. Awesome. Um, and I went next with Broadcast News from 1983. Did you have that one, too? <laughs> I did not have it, but for sure. Did you think of it? Yeah, yeah. it's um, that's a 1987 James Brooks movie. Um, it stars William Hurt as a kind of um, a good-looking entertainment style uh, TV news anchor, mm. uh, kind of a lightweight intellectually uh, or from a news reporting standpoint. Um, and then Albert Brooks uh, plays Aaron, who is, you know, his polar opposite, much less charming and entertaining, but much more of a a thinker and a you know news follower and you know, good news judgment, good reporting skills, et cetera. Mm. And then the third person in the, it's a love triangle is played by Holly Hunter, who plays uh, Jane Craig, and she's kind of she's just a sort of overachiever type A. Um, she's portrayed as somewhat neurotic, right, uh, right. controlling. You know, ve- there's a line I think in the movie that's something like, you know, it must be great to be always be the smartest person in the room, and her response is, "No, actually, it's terrible." Yeah, right. you know that famous line. Um, <laughs> And this one, I thought, really spoke to 
the um, the effort in the television news industry that Roger Ailes led to make it more entertaining. You know, he understood that, uh, and this is brought up in Bombshell, he understood that people would watch news on prime time. Right. Or, or you know, all the time, as yeah. it turns out now, you know, for Non-stop. hours and hours. Yeah. If it was entertaining. Yeah. And a big part of that, of course, in, in the Roger Ailes case, is the sex appeal. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very flagrantly um, talked about in the in the movie. You know, sure. they, there's a scene where Ailes walks into the control room and berates a cameraman for letting the camera stray away from the, the legs and the cleavage. And yeah, um, they make it so clear how much of that is controlled, how much of that is actually uh, a, a decision on the part of somebody within the organization. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, that movement and that thinking, that style is part of the, the fabric of, of sexual harassment and, you know, gender-based control that leads to Elle's downfall. Sure. Uh, and, and, is, and, you know, the sexual harassment and, and, and the, uh, you know, the selling of sex are kind of in this, they're one in the same, right? They're all part of that same culture. Yeah, that, sure. That, that men's culture or that, you know, culture of sexualizing women. And it's so interesting to me that, you know, broadcast news is from 32 years ago. Right. 32 years, you know, and at that time, uh, you know, that movie was just seemed to be asking this really innocent question, you know, like, should we, should we make our news into entertainment? Right. And it's just, it's astonishing when you look at the way Fox News is portrayed again in the movie Bombshell how far that devolved (laughs) in those 32 years. I mean, it just, you know, it became the point, really. Truly frightening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that the, you know, the questions that, the, the, the point that broadcast news seems to be making is that the Holly Hunter character should obviously be in front of the camera Mm -hmm. because she's the, the best at her job, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that it's a, it's a crime that, you know, it doesn't happen that way yeah. and that she's held back. And it's just, it's sad, really, yeah. you know, to see that the way that so many women did get in front of the camera at Fox News, it turns out, had to do with Roger Ailes thinking that they looked good in <laughs> tight dresses. And, <laughs> and, and you, you kind of wonder ahead of time, like, is that the case? And I mean, I'm sure it is, <laughs> you know, in that, in that kind of an organization, I have to imagine that, that, that is a big part of how they make their decisions of what, what happens on the shows, you know? It is. And, and yet, you know, it also, it also raises that you come back to that question of, of capability, you know, Megan Kelly is really, really good at her job. Right. Sure. You know, she, um, Gretchen Carlson is a tremendous journalist. Yeah. And, and that would be so were they, you know, hideous by, <laughs> by, you know, contemporary aesthetic standards. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just such a, it's such a complicated conversation. Yeah. Right. You know, that, 
did they get the job because they're good looking? Yes, but also because they were really good at their jobs. Sure. You know, they speaks to the double entendre of the title of the exactly, movie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think that that's also how they fell into the trap of sexual harassment that they fell into. You sure. know, in those scenes where you see um Megan Kelly in Roger Ailes' office, she's there because she is is an assertive, ambitious professional and she's getting his advice and he's good at it. He, mm-hmm. Both uh, both Megan Kelly and Gretchen Carlson said in their books that they wrote about him that he was a very good mentor and that he gave right. great advice, you know. And they're there as professionals thinking that they're going to learn something about their craft. And, you know, they just like the moment when she realizes what he really wants is for her to sleep with him, mm-hmm. she's so she's devastated because you know, because it is all coming back to that eventually, you know, yeah. and despite the fact that she is, she is great at her work. So sure. You just, <laughs> you can't reduce it just to the looks either. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, I'm going to use a lot of what we were just talking about there as a kind of a, a jumping off point for a more of a silly piece that I had. It's not even really a movie. Um, but, uh, you know, we're talking about like kind of the uh, the purposeful manipulation of of what gets on the air and all that, just for the sake of you know uh, getting the viewers and titillation and all that stuff. I I thought of and and I should say that this piece could honestly just apply to Fox News itself, but I thought of the WWE, the World <laughs> of Wrestling Entertainment. Um, but I mean, the the movie really kind of takes that idea and really shows you just how much that really is in play. The fact that you've got you know, this sort of Vince McMahon type personality who, you know, just wants to put on television what is going to get people excited and get people, you know, watching and get them glued to it. And uh, you even get that that little uh, monologue from Kate McKinnon about like what Fox News is, you know, and it's so perfect, you know, that that little speech about, you know, it scares your grandma, sex is scary, but interesting and all that stuff. And uh yeah, I think that it's using that that same kind of tactic as as wrestling, as you know, having heels and and you know all that kind of stuff to get you mad at and get you glued in and make sure you never leave. You know. Yeah, that's such a great pick because um, it also raises the question of what's real. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. You know, um, fake news is a is interestingly an idea that's been propagated by Fox. News. <laughs> Nothing drives me you know, more President crazy than Trump. that. And it, it's just, <laughs> uh, you know, what is real and what is fake, right? Like wrestling, WWE, you know, it's, is it real? Is it real with air quotes? Well, well like, it, like you were saying about these. Is it real acting? Yeah, is it, you, know? <laughs> you were saying about like, like, uh, like Megyn Kelly being like really good at her job, but is that why she has it? I mean, these people in wrestling are athletes you know what i mean but, and actors and actors but is it real no but, is it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very complicated it is very complicated yeah i mean there's you know there's definitely like some um well i mean you know getting getting into the the, the wonky journalism part of it the difference between reporting and commenting or, mm. you know, reporting an opinion. Sure. Um, you know, Fox really just kind of went the opinion route. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a bit more opining, I would, I would 
be reluctant to give a percentage, but <laughs> quite a bit more commenting uh, than reporting. And and now the other cable news networks, at least, have gone that way too. There's there's pretty yeah. there, there's a pretty scant, a very few, you know, PBS, maybe Newsy, a few others that you know BBC that do actual just reporting now. Right. But once you get into the commenting stuff, you know, a lot of the um, the, the ethics that bind journalists are kind of out the window, right? You're allowed yeah. to say whatever you want as long as you slug it as your opinion. Sure. You know, so you can start getting into the stuff that's like, is it acting? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get those ratings. That's what it yeah. comes down to. That's the right. ultimate goal for right. all of it. Well, and that was, of course, John um, Stewart's, uh, you know, kind of like the underlying or overarching theme of his... Right, of his takedown of the news, right? Sure. Was that it wasn't really news anymore. It was yeah. all opinion. He used to get so annoyed when people like said, oh, I got my news from you. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? So for my, this is my last one. And all I'm right. going to go a little bit, um, I, I know a lot of your other guests do this too. So I'm going to take a little bit of creative <laughs> license sure. and go outside of the realm of movies. Although I will say that this does get back into that question mm -hmm. of what's, you know, what's entertainment. Um, and I'm going to bring up the Christine Blasey Ford testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee in uh, September, 2018. Um, you know, and that was, I think, it, that's a perfect example of how news has really permeated our lives and politics have permeated our news and our lives, you know, sure. to the point where news and politics have become a form of entertainment, I think, for many of us. And, you know, that was just, I think people took off work to watch that. It was on at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. Sure. Um, or something. And, you know, people were watching it all day. I was riveted to it like everyone else. Um, but she, you know, she is, of course, the, the woman who accused now Supreme Court Justice yeah. Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> of uh, sexually assaulting her, um, you know, something like 40 years earlier mm -hmm. uh, when they were teenagers. And the reason that I thought of this, apart from the, those I already mentioned, is that uh, the moment in the movie, in the moment in Bombshell, when Megyn Kelly is remembering what happened to her with Roger Ailes, made me feel exactly like I felt mm. watching Christine Blasey Ford read her statement, remembering what had happened to her. Right. I felt that those two moments were eerily similar sure and i felt the same i mean i was sobbing in both cases it's very triggering for anyone who's had this type of experience mm -hmm. and um it just it was it was really uh strange to me that um in the movie it, it's almost um it's kind of it's left hanging whether she actually whether anything actually happened quote happened, unquote, quote you know, unquote, like whether yeah. there was any physical contact between yeah. them um in her book megan kelly writes that ailes tried to kiss her so you would assume that there was some grabbing or you know sure. something and i think she actually even says there was 
in the movie that doesn't happen they draw they stop it at that moment and you never really know and in fact kayla asks her right did you do it yeah she brushes it off and she won't answer and and i think part of that is you know liability (laughs) sure um but but part of it is also because it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. you know and i I wondered if that was the point the writer was trying to make that, you know, it doesn't really, once you start getting into definitions, you know, of, of penetration or body part or, you know, level or time or length or, you know, whatever, um, you're really getting away from the central point, which is that, you know, sex is being used as a form of of, you know, dominance and submission. Yeah. And, you know, that, that to me was just very, very striking that, you know, the, 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 the role of memory, you know, they're both remembering something, they're both telling a story that's very upsetting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, despite the, all the differences, it had the exact same effect on me, at least as the, sure. the listener. Well, no, I, I think that's actually a really great puzzle piece. And, and, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And, uh, the, the idea that they, you know, that they don't necessarily answer the question of, you know, quote unquote, what happened. I, I think that that definitely is the way to go with something like this, because it is much more important for the overall to be the, the important part, I think for, for, for just the fact that anything is happening, that, that, you know, these kinds of imbalances of power are happening in a situation like this is the important part, not what specifics, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and the question of violence, you yeah. know, just sort of violence is violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's violence that's perpetrated psychologically. Yeah. Um, and I think that there was a lot of that going on in the Roger Ailes, in that office, you know, the fact that he had that back elevator, you know, they talked about the private elevator yeah. with the, the back entrance for his mentees, Which is insane, <laughs> victims. <but. laughs> yeah. And, you know, and just the number of women that came forward and some of the things he was accused of were pretty horrific actually. Yeah. Um, you know, and he was accused of, you know, a whole range of, you know, you want to talk about assault, rape, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting that that is part of the, the evolution that Kayla goes through, right. Is, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of, that realization that not only is she not alone, but if she had known things might've gone differently for her, right. You know, but she was so caught off guard. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately that's like, you know, supposed to be the, the, the point that gets Megan Kelly to actually go ahead with it. Right. Is just the idea of that. This other person could have used this support. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I felt that that was really the, the most p- important moment in the movie, Yeah, you know, and I know I've mentioned it already in this conversation where Kayla says, to Megan Kelly, you know, why didn't, and, and it's interesting that this is obviously a fictional, this is completely sure. a fictional scene, you know, but, you know, why didn't you say anything if you had, you know, yeah. the, the implication is you could have prevented this happening to other people, including me. Yeah. And, you know, that, that shift of, of burden or responsibility onto victims is an interesting one. Um, you know, it's, it's 
it's not typically the way that we, <laughs> that feminists at least l- like to think of this sure. conversation. You know, we don't, we we're really wary of victim blaming, Yeah, yeah. but at the same time, there's something to be said for the idea that, you know, if you don't speak up, you're mm. letting, you're letting a perpetrator go. Sure. Sure. That's yeah. it, definitely complicated. Yeah. Uh, and for sure. I mean, Christine Blasey Ford faced that, that situation, right? You know, and that's oh, what she yeah. said. She said, I don't want this to, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, ruining my life mm-hmm. by doing this, yeah. but I feel I have to. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I agree as a piece. I think it's a, a perfect piece for this movie. It makes complete and total sense. Um, I only have two more pieces, so I will uh, jump through both of these. Uh, First one that I was reminded of was actually another Nicole Kidman role, uh, 1995's To Die For, um, with her on the opposite end of a, uh, Uh you know, um, power dynamics situation, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, So, I mean, it's not specifically, you know, the same thing necessarily but uh you know i I just i've always loved that movie you know i love that movie yeah Yeah, it's a great one and uh nicole kidman i think is freaking great in this too i mean she's she's just awesome uh and then the other one uh and the interesting thing about to die for is she does doesn't she kind of sleep her way into her i think so yeah (laughs) (laughs) sort of blatantly like yeah (laughs) yeah that's a complicated one (laughs) yeah yeah um and then uh, the other one i was just going to mention um um, uh, this one's kind of a little bit jokey, but a uh, friend of the show, Josh Bell, mentioned in his letterbox review, it, it, he wasn't too kind on this movie. He he said that it was like Saturday Night Live sketch without the jokes. And <laughs> I, I would say a Saturday Night Live, you know, their current thing of impersonating right, every I get politician, yep. you know, I think is... Definitely on the mind. Uh, it's, yeah. it's such a big thing now. It's oh, like, yeah. oh my God, did you see who they did this week? You yeah. Know? yeah. So, Thank God they didn't have Kate McKinnon playing one of the serious, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. one of the real people. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. I think that brings us to the finished puzzle. And then we'll get into any uh, closing thoughts that we have on Bombshell. The finished puzzle includes The Accused, Vice and the Big Short. Uh, Absence of Malice, The Post, Broadcast News, WWE Wrestling, Christine Blasey Ford's Testimony, To Die For, and Saturday Night Live. Do you have any other thoughts that we didn't really get to as far as Bombshell's concerned? I, yeah, one last thought that uh, stuck with me after watching the movie was the role of women with women mm-hmm. it was this was key to you know screenplay in bombshell and something that i think is you know that we see across all these puzzle pieces and you know maybe one of the kind of unifying uh pieces of the framework is mm-hmm. women standing up for each other mm-hmm. uh, gretchen carlson when she goes to her attorneys with the lawsuit, assures them that other women will come forward. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, it's crickets for a while. Yeah. Um, in reality, it didn't, it didn't take very long. I think in the, in, in reality, other women started coming forward right away. And then eventually there were many, mm-hmm. but the, but the movie sort of plays up this tension of, you know, will she or won't she uh, concerning 
Megyn Kelly coming forward. Right. And that is, you know, a turning point when Megyn Kelly decides to come to the rescue or, you know, come to the side of, of this, this colleague, this female colleague. And I thought that that was a very um, important piece of the story that is, that is true. Right, right. And, and that is true in reality, in my experience, mm. in these situations. And that we do see coming up again and again throughout these various movies we've talked about in an evolving way. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in the early 80s, you see much more women, uh, you know, as part of the problem. Right. You know, and today we're seeing a lot more solidarity. Well, that's good. I mean, it it's definitely seems like, I mean, obviously it, it's crazy just how far there is to go but like mm-hmm. it is good to see things change for the better at least a little bit <laughs> along the way you know mm-hmm. um my last thought on it was just uh just how great um the whole thing with the Kate McKinnon character uh you know why do you work for Fox News oh i applied everywhere else and <laughs> you know it's like a stain on her resume yeah. the fact that she worked there <laughs> i just thought that that was so great and it's kind of a a nice little um just outside of this particular story just it's something you don't really see in movies very often just how how difficult that whole situation is as far as you know employment and and you know job history and resume building and all that kind of stuff i just think that's kind of great i think it's a yeah. great character thing she was she was fun she was a fun character in the movie and it did it did also for me drive home the the point about you know ideology versus uh work sure you know just being able to separate what you do at work from what you really believe yeah and can you do that mm-hmm. when you're a journalist you know, especially or, when you're a journalist, right? right. <laughs> or is it easier to do when you're a journalist at a place like that where things are so ideological, right. you know, you just kind of build that wall, um, you know, and again, does really speak to the, the moment that we're in news wise, yeah. you know, if there, if people who, if writers are, are lacking in true conviction, you know, wow. <laughs> We're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that does it for this one. Uh, Heidi, did you see anything else recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Uh, I saw... No, I haven't. (laughs) The last movie that I saw was Star Wars. Okay. Um, The movie that I've liked the most this year uh, has been Parasite. Okay. Um, it's not recent, but I, if you haven't seen it, I do highly recommend it. And then, of course, The Irishman. Yeah, for sure. Wonderful. Definitely yeah. people go see uh, Parasite. Uh, we are finally going to get an episode on it going real soon. So. Oh, good. <laughs> well, uh, where can people find your work? Uh, people can find my work at knpr.org and desertcompanion.vegas. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Hopefully, uh, we'll get you on again one of these days. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. 
Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host Sup Doc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, Sup Doc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Bombshell. Definitely go out and see it. It's a good movie. Uh, definitely worth seeing. And thank you to Heidi Kaiser for joining me. Uh, it was great getting her on this episode. Uh, so, reminder, as always, make sure you're subscribed. Piecing it together, you can find us on, of course, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Pocket Casts on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, pretty much every podcast app out there. Please subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. And you can follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Whew. I think that uh, that's that's all the big ones. That's all the the big things. I mean, there's Patreon. There's our T-shirts up on T Public. There's probably social networks that I'm leaving off. But you know what? Those are the important things you got to do. And we appreciate you, all of you who have been out there doing it. You know what? Actually, uh, this is a good moment to mention that we just broke twenty thousand downloads. And I just want to thank you all so much for that because that is just so cool. I love doing the show and. I love that people are out there listening, and it just seems to keep growing, and I'm looking forward to a whole new year of lots and lots of episodes. I want to start doing some special stuff, too. Um, I got a whole lot of plans, but I'm not going to get into them right now. I just want you to know there's a lot more uh, coming up soon. It's not just going to be just regular episode, regular episode, regular episode, and a list once in a while. I want to do some other stuff, too. So we got so much podcast coming your way. Right after I finished launching All Rice No Beans, which is a new podcast hosted by Stephanie Barajas, the general manager of Lindo Michoacan here in Las Vegas. It's a podcast about restaurants. Uh, I am producing it, and Stephanie will be interviewing her father about the experience of building Lindo Michoacan from the ground up, all while interviewing other restaurant owners about their experiences and how the experiences compare and it's a very interesting unique show totally something different for me um outside of my wheelhouse of course i'm not on the show i'm just doing the recording and the editing and putting it together and all that kind of stuff but um it is a uh, it's a really fun show and i'm really excited about the launch of it it's coming on january 6th will be the trailer episode and then following every week from there we've got a whole bunch already recorded and uh it's almost ready to go it will be ready for next week and you'll be hearing a lot more about all rice no beans in the coming weeks and uh you can find all rice no beans on Twitter at All Rise No Beans. Check us out on Facebook, and uh, you'll be able to subscribe anywhere you can subscribe to Piecing It Together. All Rise No Beans is there too, so go check out All Rise No Beans. I am very excited about launching that. It's coming out real soon here. So let's uh, leave you guys with a piece of music as we always do. And speaking of uh, other podcasts that I have something to do with, Bird Road, the podcast that started it all. My podcast with my buddy Q. It's all politics and culture and current events. Um, 
it's uh, as far from Fox News as you could get, but the theme for Bird Road since the beginning has been a track called Free Fall from my album Head Like Fire, and so uh, I think there's a good connection there for us to close this one out with Free Fall, since that is the music we use for our politics show here on the All Points West Network, Bird Road, uh, and so this is uh, a Fox News episode, <laughs> so <laughs> there, 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 there's a connection there somewhere, I think. So let's leave you with Free Fall, and uh, go check out, there's been some new Bird Road episodes, so go check out Bird Road, and we will be back coming up probably a couple of days with more piecing it together because we have so many episodes to squeeze in so thanks for listening